Podcast, first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Coming at you five days a week, Monday through Friday, so make it your first listen each and every weekday. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day today. A really special episode of Fun One. We are joined by none other than a longtime veteran at this point, veteran. Blazers reporter from trailblazers.com. You've heard him on the briefcase, the bite-sized audio content in your feeds. You've heard him on Blazers Balcony. It's none other than Casey Holdall. See Hold. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mike. And that that was a hell of an introduction, man. Like, I can oh, tell wow. that you're doing these every day, and it should be your first stop for podcasting if you're a Blazer fan, because the quality of that introduction really belies the uh, the quality of the podcast all the way around, Mike. So thank you very much for that. But, uh, hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, the, thanks. The, your I, I, listen, the reps help. <laughs> it is, uh, it's, I've done, I don't know, a thousand of these, give or take, um, uh, about 250 a year. We keep them rolling. So we have a lot of fun. Uh, I, yeah. we're going to play some games, a game style in the show. I'm going to ask you some questions and, uh, you can pick, um, Pick the lines as you will. So uh, let's let's get into it. We're going to talk. We're going to hit all the big stuff. Um, we're going to talk, the, you know, exciting things like who's on the Blazers injury report. So get, get get excited for what's get excited for what's ahead for your Trailblazers. I, let's start with this one. What is higher, Casey? The total number of games Damian Lillard is going to play the rest of the season, or the total number of three pointers Jabari Walker is going to make the rest of the season? For Ooh, context. For context, Jabari Walker, 7 of 49 from 3 in 26 games. So it's not like he's making a bunch. Um, mm. He makes, you know, one every eight-ish games. <laughs> See, and I also want to say, too, Mike, as a uh, as someone who enjoys uh, the the wagering side of life, I appreciate how well you put together this uh, the, this this wager, if you will. Couple, well, so on one hand, I, I do think that Dame is probably only playing a couple more games this season before uh, calling it a wrap. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the chances of making the plan are still mathematically possible. It seems fairly unlikely. Getting the win versus the Utah Jazz did kind of extend that a bit because you do pick up a full game in that situation. But uh, I'd be a bit surprised if by the time we got to the final road trip of the season that Dame was still playing, uh, obviously, unless they win all those games leading up to it and the teams around them lose all their games leading up to it. So that's kind of where my, that's like my most conservative marker. But the one thing that gives me pause is that in that Utah game, Jabari Walker didn't play. Did and not appear. Exactly. And guys like Kevin Knox, guys like Ryan Archidiakono, uh, Cam Reddish, uh, and even, but even Cam played less minutes than I think we're accustomed to seeing him in games like that. Same with Matisse Thibel. So, and as Trendon gets the opportunity to play more and more, playing at power forward, you figure he's going to play out the rest of the season no matter what. So that obviously cuts a lot into the opportunities that Jabari is going to have. Whew. And it, just to, to back up your point, against Utah, Chauncey Bills played 10 guys in the first quarter, and the 10th guy was John Butler Jr. Yeah, who's like John a, Butler. He's guy. like a wing. He's like a he's like a, a tall wing. He's a very yeah. large, small forward, but he's kind of playing the same minutes that Jabari would or the same spot that Jabari would, and it wasn't Jabari Walker in that game. So I, 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 I this one is 
we're literally talking about will Jabari make a, a fourth three-pointer, a fifth three-pointer? Okay, and so, and so this is – we're talking makes? Yes, makes, makes. Makes, not attempts, makes. I'm going to go with Jabari um, because I, I, I'm, I would put – I'm guessing Dame like three more games. And yeah. even considering that Jabari has seemed to kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit or at least the rotation as it exists for the guys at the end of the bench – Right. I bet that in the last two weeks of the season, I bet Jabari plays some fairly significant minutes and I bet he finds himself on the three point line at some point in time. So I'm going to take Jabari, but I think that's going to be pretty close, Mike. Me too. I think it's going to be right there. I, I kind of think there's a situation where Jabari plays like 45 minutes in the season finale or something yeah. like that. Like a lot, a lot, because by then, um, you know, by then they won't be playing, they won't be messing around. No one's going to get spot minutes on the final Sunday afternoon on uh, against uh, the Warriors. If, if they have gone the way that I think I assume they're going to go, which is shut down all the veterans slowly, but surely. And Damian Lord spoke about this uh, publicly. He spoke about this on your podcast, like just playing chess. Like at some point you gotta, you gotta say it's more important that we get developmental minutes and go another direction because the first 70 games didn't work out the way we thought they would. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think too, like with Jabari, I could absolutely see him getting, <clears throat> excuse me, significant minutes in those games. And I just feel like, you know, they're, they're going to have to give those guys minutes because at a certain point, like when Dame sits down, you figure Nurk maybe plays a little bit longer because he did sit those games, obviously with the injury, but you figure that he'll probably, he'll probably sit down at some point in time as well. Uh, so it, it just almost seems like there's too many open minutes in the remaining, let's say the last seven games of the season to, to just assume that Jabari isn't going to get those opportunities. And I also wanted to say as well, what a trash way to end the season, by the way, too, like a back-to-back Los Angeles in the afternoon. And then the Warriors at home on Easter Sunday at 1230. Like, yeah, it's, it's 4 PM in LA on Saturday. And then you come back less than 24 hours later, play an afternoon game on Easter Sunday. What? And that's a wrap on the season. Like, again, it's like, I'm not expecting the NBA to be like, uh, you know, like we got to make sure the Blazers get a nice send off, but it's like for any team that that's just a weird situation in which to end a season. I understand they want to do the whole having games all day. So teams can't look at the results and, and right, make decision right. based off of that. But still it's like, can at least be on a Monday or something yeah, like it, have it's on a, on a Sunday it, afternoon. It is, it is, I, I was surprised to find out that was, because I was looking like, oh, do they play any afternoon games? It's like, they play one afternoon game at home all year long, and it's it's the season finale on Easter Sunday. What a weird one. What what, yeah. a, what an absolutely weird one. Um, well, and they do have that 4 p.m. Uh, start versus the Thunder this weekend. Right, 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 right. So I'm talking Sunday's like true. 4 p.m., yeah. Yeah. Which, that's well, Sunday. Right, Mike, that's not really afternoon. That's like late afternoon getting to nighttime so fair yeah enough. listen i have a small child at home so like <laughs> 6 p.m i'm like it's night baby <laughs> it's night it's that's nighttime. true and you know like i that's another thing i want to mention too real fast mike is like where's this baby at man like oh like on the you want uh pictures I, I want, like, i'll text you some photos of this baby I'll text yeah you some, like... i'll text you some photos of the baby listen youtube you're not getting photo. you're not seeing my child Fair. I, I know. That, actually, that's a. I take it back, Mike. Yeah, you, 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 you're right. Like, it, and I've been thinking more and more about like the digital footprint that children have, that is foisted on them by their parents, 
and how that just doesn't seem right to me. So good for you, Mike, for uh, for taking the initiative. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'll uh, she'll get some run at some point, but um, she's you know she's four months into this thing. She doesn't deserve um <laughs> to be on r slash rips to, to, to be to be the object of derision by complete and total strangers. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, Mike. She <laughs> four four months old is too for old for that. Like sixteen months old. That's when you put yeah. your kid on camera and have people say terrible things that they will yeah. uh, never live down. Yeah, no, I'll bring her to the arena by that point. So, uh, so yeah. we'll get there, but but not just yet. Uh, I want to ask you about Shaden Sharp because boy was he boy was he fun on Wednesday evening, and I think we're in for a lot of Shaden Sharp here down the stretch. Uh, in fact, before we talk about that, how about we give out a little bit of hardware? I would probably describe Shaden Sharp's game as maybe fiercely elegant or stunningly powerful, perhaps even just electric, much like some would describe the all new 2023 Nissan Aria. That's why I'm giving Shane Sharp the Nissan most electric player of the week, which is brought to you by that all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Look, dude had a career night, had a career high in scoring. He had a career high in rebounds. He had a career high in steals. He played a career high in minutes. He had a career high in field goals. My man played as well as he has ever played. And he got going. And then he kept going. And then he dunked the game away to put them up 13 with five minutes left because it's what he does. He's He has had some up and down moments. It's what he does. He's 19. You know, it's just, it's, it's to be expected. He was really good in, in the early part of the season. Then it went the other way. Then he had a really nice stretch in February. Then it kind of went the other way. I think we're trending back up here with my man, Shaden Sharp. He's going to play a whole bunch of minutes and he offers that duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance. His game is beautiful, but strong, much like the perfect SUV crossover, the 2023 Nissan Aria that packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV, the all new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, still chatting here with Casey Holdall. Let's talk a little bit about Shaden Sharp, shall we? And the next question I got queued up for you, what's higher? Yusuf Nurkic's jersey number or Shaden Sharp's career high when the season ends? Um, I think so. Nurk's 27, right? 27. One of the few 27s in the league. Uh, So uh, Rudy Gobert, I believe. Interesting. A couple, a couple European centers. That's a, that's a, that's a nice little tidbit there, Mike. I also want to say too, that I really respect a well-executed ad read that also blends into the show itself. So supreme, like legitimate kudos on that, Mike, like that. I, that would have taken me like 10 tries to get through and I would have still had to edit the crap out of it. So for you to get <laughs> we that do it live here, camp, like that praise much, from a, much from like my man, Bill O'Reilly and Cameron, we are doing it live. Uh, shouts yeah, to Cameron yeah. should have had some parent teacher conferences. We'll do it live. Um, so I will say Shane Sharp because uh, yes. Yeah, so his, his career high now is, so he's, he's right. He said it. Set it versus the Jazz, and that was at 24? 24. He had 24. 24. I imagine that at some point in these next 10 games, I don't know that Shane's going to start every one of them, because in my head, Ant will probably maybe kind of be in and out of the lineup, though maybe at some point in time they'll just call it. Um, But one, I've been 
clamoring for Shaden to start for a while now. And I know a lot of people just want to see more minutes, period. But like, I would have thought that he would have gotten a few more starts at this point than he has gotten. Um, obviously, I think they were trying to throw some of those minutes at Cam Reddish to kind of see what they had. And, right. you know, Jaden a little undersized to play the three, but he's also not incredibly undersized to play the three, particularly on this team where you have Matisse Thibault playing the three. And I think he's maybe an inch shorter than Shaden. So yeah, little, at um, least, yeah, so at least straight height. He's small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so really interested to see that. And I think too, that like Shaden will get hot in at least one or two of these games. You're exactly right, Mike, the, the, the strength, the fluidity, the confidence for me is really the part where I like, I, I didn't know how to kind of sum this up in that game, but it's like, there was a moment in that game where like they were coming down in, in like semi transition and Shane caught the ball, like the three point line and just kind of stood there for like a half second and then just pulled up. And I just remember thinking like, he doesn't shoot that like 10 games ago. Like he puts it no on way. the floor, tries to get to the rim, tries to kick out someone else and he hit it. And it was just so like, again, he's, he doesn't lack for confidence, but like, he's just, it looks like the reps are starting to give him a little more, again, whatever word that's not confidence, but just like belief or, or just the, the, the kind of, I guess it's confidence. I don't know, but long story short, I'm going to say it'll be, it'll be Shaden over Nurk's Jersey number. I'm guessing he, I, I'm saying like, I'm going to set it at 30 this year. I, I'm yeah, guessing. I, I think he, I think he has a 30 point game in him. There, there's something to what you're saying of just like last night, no Amphrey Simons, known as your little, uh, no Jeremy Grant. So the other guys like the Cam Radishes and Matisse Thibels were going to have to play up a spot just to like fill in that role. Shaden knew he was going to play a ton of minutes. Yeah. So the like, I can go out there and do what I do because there's no way I'm, I'm not getting yanked. I'm not going to get pulled. Like, and maybe they had that exact conversation. Hey, Shay, you're going to play go nuts. Uh, Chauncey, um, you know, he, he will, he, he is good at saying to uh, particularly new guys and young guys, like, do what you do. You are free to yeah. like in this system, in my, in my system, you are, you are not going to get in trouble for shooting. You might get in trouble for not shooting. Like go make the mistakes, go play. Um, not the chance to yell at guys. Cause he definitely does that. But like um, he, he, um, you know, he, he has empowered many, uh, many a newcomers, Matisse Thibel among them to just like spread your wings. And I think with, with the situation that it was last night, it allowed Shaden to be like, yeah, I am going to take a pull up three in transition. Like, yeah. What, what? Why not? Um, you know, and he was he was he plays with a sort of swagger, I guess, to him, but he doesn't always play with a certainty to his game where it's mm. just like, I'm going to go here. I'm getting to my spot and I'm going to shoot. Um, and I think the more reps will allow him to play with certainty because he's got moves like everyone knows he can shoot. Everyone sees the dunks, but he has some in between stuff that I don't think we've seen a ton of that. I think he can get there, uh, you know, obviously, like. It's like, what's your favorite Shaden dunk of the year? But like, is there a moment that you remember being like, yeah, I'm on board with this kid regardless? Like even like dating back to stuff you saw behind the scenes or whatever. Is there a moment that you were like, yeah, I'm a Shaden Sharp believer? You know, like some of the some of the practices, I mean, like I've always felt pretty strongly that, that Shaden had has what it takes to to be a quality pro, like bare minimum. I mean, right. I can I think you could obviously make arguments for for higher than that, but um for me, I, I think kind of seeing him in, in some of those summer league practices, even obviously with summer league guys, it was like, this guy seems like he's kind of a cut above these other guys, despite the fact that he hasn't played a competitive basketball game in like 18 months. Um, let's see when else I, I think, 
you know, the, the, the dunk in Los Angeles was like, okay. And I think he had, I think he had a game that night a little bit too. Like, I don't think it was anything like ridiculous. That was one of his better games though, to begin the year where I don't know statistically, but just like he was solid as hell in that game. And it was like, oh yeah, he can contribute. I mean, and LeBron kind of like running to get out of the way, like, oh, I don't want to be in this picture. And instead he's in the picture bailing, which is pretty funny. It's like, I'm not getting dunked on. I'm not getting dunked on. I'm not getting dunked on. It's not that. It's not that. It's something else. (laughs) He's saying. So I, I do think that like, it it's it's been pretty apparent to me that he's an NBA guy. Um, and that's, you know, like one of the nice things about Shane too, is that like, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. And so with Shane, it's like, well, no one else saw him in college either. So yeah. we're all kind of starting off at the same spot. So I don't feel like an idiot talking about this guy when you guys have been watching him, you know, in 12 games uh, in the NCAA. So um, I, I don't know that there's any like one time specifically that sticks out. I mean, obviously the athleticism and, you know, like the, the dunks in that Houston game weren't like, oh, obviously this guy can play because he's had a couple of ridiculous throwdowns, but just like one, like the athleticism is obviously not going to be an issue at the NBA level for that guy. Sure. And two, I, I think for me, it's, it's a lot of his kind of the, the way he carries himself. And, you know, I, I think it is a little bit of a double-edged sword in that, you know, you almost like talk to Shaden and it's like, there, there's been times in the locker room this year. And I don't know if you were in there, Mike, but there was a, a time uh, where guys were asking Shaden, like, Shaden, who are all the starters on Golden State? And he was like, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond? Like, it, like he literally <laughs> didn't know. Like, doesn't doesn't watch a whole lot of basketball. And, like, that cuts, you know, like, on one hand, you're like, well, it would probably help a little bit. But on the other hand, it's like, this guy doesn't, like he's not concerned about those kind of things. And like, I know that some guys are like, yeah, you know, I just play, I don't care, but you can tell like, you know, Mike, you've been around long enough. Like you can see it on a guy in the locker room and who's on the court. It's like, you might say that like you're cool with all this stuff, but like you're shook. Like Shaden's not like that. Like, and I don't know if it's just like ignorance or just like his, the way that he approaches life, but he just has to me, the kind of mentality of a guy who can come into the league at 19 years old, and take some lumps, though not as many lumps as I would have assumed he would take this year, by the way, and still not let him affect him going forward. And so I, I think that, you know, between the athleticism, obviously you're, you're exactly right. He's got some some game that I think we haven't really seen yet. And his defense is coming around a lot faster than I, than I think I would have expected. You know, it's still, you know. Players are the 27th ranked defense in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he so. was really, really bad to begin the year. Yeah, I, I think completely- he's like... He's closing it on competence, like, and that's yeah. When, and that's when I a big say step like lost, like really, like I like if I turn my head, I'm it's it's already behind me. So yeah, like he's really made a lot of strides in that as well. So I, again, like I don't, I don't know exactly if there's ever been a moment, but like I, I feel very confident now that that he is going to be one of those guys, and you know, and. and I, actually, I'll say last night, I'll say Wednesday because it was the first time he started with Dame. First time you played kind of extended minute, not first time, but played a lot of extended minutes with Trendon. And, you know, Chauncey had mentioned that one of the reasons why he played Archie Giacchino in the Utah game so much was because he didn't want to have to have Shaden, like have point guard duties. And he was like, I just want right. to put him out there to kind of do the things that, that we know he can do well now and adding kind of ball handling and getting the team into the offense that might be a little bit much too much to ask him. So if you put guys around him who can do that, then 
you have a night like he has versus Utah, a team that, you know, is struggling a little bit, but needs to win, like wants to win right now. They're not, they're trying to win. And, and games, had just beaten so. the, just beaten the Kings, like just beating the Kings with a lesser without marking it on the lineup. Like the, the jazz, they might not have had a particularly like notable core out there, but that group literally just won in that building against a much better basketball team the night before without Lowry marking it on the court. Um, you know, that's, that's not a bad basketball team. They're just kind no. of a, okay. Basketball, okay. Basketball yeah, team. It's an okay team. And for Shaden to, to play as well as he did in that game. And again, surrounded by guys who I think can kind of one lead him a little bit, but two also handle some of the duties that he's maybe just not accustomed to just yet. Like that to me was a game where it's like, yeah, if you, if Shaden is starting with a point guard, like, I think he could do that now. And, yep. and, you know, would it be for a playoff team? Maybe not, but I don't think it would be for a necessarily bad team either. So like that, even seeing that in that game on Wednesday, I was like, this, this might be something going forward. Yeah. And, 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 and sort of like the Victor Clavier Memorial role, sometimes putting a, a guy who's otherwise going to be the 11th man on the roster with the starters is a way to get the most out of them. Like play yeah. Shaden with better players, you know, like, okay, yeah, put Shea on the court with Damon and Jeremy and Nurk, probably going to get the best out of him. You put him on the on the court with Arch and, and you know, Kevin Knox, Drew Eubanks, all due respect, it's not going to be as good because it's just less of, uh, you're getting less of the parts because you're, the ask is a little bit different. Um, that And I'm a little bit older than help. you, Mike. So, so to me, that's actually the Nick Batum Memorial spot. Um, even though it wasn't 11th man, he was coming off, he was starting, but yeah, you know, he's playing 15 minutes a night as a 19-year-old rookie Freshman yeah, exactly. Know what he's doing. Nick Batum, and, though, Nick Batum couldn't dribble in summer league. Literally could not was, dribble. That summer league, like, I remember specifically being, people being like, there's no way this guy's going to play next year. He's going to be in France for another three years. It's not happening. And, I mean, I so I was at that summer league, too, and I was like, yeah, they're probably right. Like, this this guy's not ready. And yeah, Started out of training camp. Started coming out of training camp from unable to get across midcourt in in summer league to the starter in in October. Incredible. Batum's move. Batum's growth from July to October is one of the funniest player development um, stories that there could ever be. And the dude is still in the league, and he's still darn good. Shout out to my man Nico. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, let's. I, I got a couple more. I want to talk about uh, Cam Reddish, Emmett Slabo, a couple new guys. But before we do that, I want to tell my listeners about I. Listen, groceries, school shopping, getting a little something for yourself. You know what you're already doing. So why not get a little cash back while you're doing it with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, produce, personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use that cash back to buy a flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries, over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that back in cash from Ibotta, or even more depending on how much you use it. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. No points. Real cash. Other apps are going to give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account or to PayPal or to gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brand retailers too. So check out Lowe's or Macy's or Sephora or Best Buy. You're going to find it there and earn cash back. Plus, right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. 
Just go to the App Store or Google Play and or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A and Google Play or the App Store and use that code LOCKED. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. Still chatting with Casey Holoff, trailblazers.com. Host of the Briefcase, a bite-sized, a bite-sized podcast, even smaller than this one, uh, that you should definitely check out in your audio feeds. Gets player interviews. Really, 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 really fun. And Blazers Balcony, about as much fun as two folks can have talking about the Trailblazers and other stuff. Vanderbilt, a, a real boy, check, check out. I've check so out much Brooke about Vanderbump in the last three weeks because of Brooks. So, uh, Listen, Brooke brings it with Vanderpump. Brooke could host a Vanderpump Rules uh, podcast recap podcast. She's she, the first twenty five minutes of your show is wasted on things like basketball when it could just be completely. Let's agree. get. <laughs> I mean, who needs sports podcasts? Am I right, David Locke? If you're listening, this is a very important product, and I'm proud of the work I do here every day. I was going to say, like, so I was in Utah, and that's obviously the the home of David Locke, and yeah, like. You just see that guy walking down the hallway. There's just like podcast money just falling out of his pockets. <laughs> like the guy is, I mean, he's an institution. Listen, Locke loves, Locke loves this. You cannot fault anyone for doing what they love. He loves it. He loves doing the podcast. Um, you know, he's like, obviously has like a full-time job as a freaking radio host for an NBA team. Like he's busy uh, and he loves doing it. He does it every day. So, and he, he straight up, in, he invented the daily medium in sports world guy. Um, Respect. Respect a legend. Uh, David, if you did listen this deep in the show, I love you, dog. <laughs> thanks thanks for letting me do what we do. All right. Um, I got a question for you, Casey, the last one for the show. What's more likely, that both Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel are back on the roster in the fall, or that neither Cam Reddish nor Matisse Thibel are back on the roster in the fall? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I will say both, because I would be shocked if... As of right now, like I, I'd be very surprised if Matisse wasn't on this team next 100%. season. Now, granted, yeah. I, obviously you get into the nose negotiations, and you know who's to say how that goes. But I mean, I, I think that they were very happy to get Matisse. They've been interested in Matisse for a couple seasons now, as I understand it. Uh, has I wouldn't say long been linked to the Trailblazers, but at least somewhat had been linked to the Trailblazers before the trade. So. You know, there, there's an interest there. And I think obviously with Cam too, like Chauncey really likes Cam Reddish. I think he, he, he really sees something in him. And I don't think either one of those guys as free agents are going to probably break the bank necessarily. Um, Cam is a guy who maybe maybe a minimum. And then Matisse is a guy who I think you're probably, I mean, I, got, I would assume less than even the mid-level. So... Yeah. I, I would say both, even though I, I, I guess I wouldn't say I think it's super likely it's both, but I think it's definitely more likely it would be both than neither. Because I, again, I would be incredibly surprised if Matisse wasn't on the team next year. And I'd be even somewhat surprised if, if Cam wasn't either. So I, I think that they like what they've seen out of both those guys. I, I think they, they offer something this team ha has needed for a while with Cam you have athleticism and some size at the forward position with Matisse. You have a guy who is obviously an all NBA defensive talent who does just enough on the offensive end, but doesn't necessarily require shots, which you feel like you already have squared away a lot of times as well. So I think they, they like both of those moves. I think they like both players and, you know, you kind of look at, at the guys on the roster now and, you know, there there's 
fair amount of guys who are going to be free agents and right you know so i don't, I don't think a, a roster crunch is going to be a real issue and i think you know if, if they're going to go out and maybe try to make some moves this summer it's not going to be a they're not going to be a cap space team so like it's right. not like they're going to be able to if they lose either one of those guys they won't necessarily be able to replace them with cap space so i, I think you know you kind of look at the situation in total and, and it seems fairly likely to me that at least one of those guys will be back and, and a decent chance both will be back yeah one seems like a lock which is why yeah. it's why i wanted to go both or neither yeah i i i think if cam reddish was your 10th guy and he didn't have to play every single night but he could play in the right situations and he could, and if he was rolling, you could roll with him. He'd be really useful because yeah. for me, his problem has been consistency on nights when cam has it. It's like, this dude's great. Like yeah. he can dribble. He could shoot a little bit. He could pass a little bit. He's six, eight or six, nine. He's like, he's um, and he's athletic in that frame. Like he's fluid at that size. And then there's nights when he doesn't have it. And it would just be like, if you had a deeper roster or a different roster and you'd be like, not a cam night or not a good cam matchup not worry about it. Per perfect role for him. Perfect role for him. Like the 10th guy, perfect role. I think he could be really valuable. Matisse seems like he could play for anybody. Uh, but to me, the, the, the way teams treat him on offense, they just don't guard him right now. Yeah. And that matters less during the regular season. It matters more when you get into high leverage basketball and like the possessions matter during the regular season having his defensive skills on this team, this roster seem really, really useful. Um, also, I really like both of those gentlemen personally. I have not yeah. uh, spoken with either of them, but um, just if like you're rooting for rooting for like nice dudes to join the team, seem like two nice gentlemen to join the team. Um, so yeah, I, I um, what do you think, you know, you mentioned it, like neither of them are getting, it's not like they're going to have like six, seven suitors and the Blazers are going to have to match an offer sheet and there's all going to be this mess. Like. I would assume both of them kind of wait around and the Blazers get to choose, but do you, could you see a situation where Matisse Thibel starts for the Blazers next year? Is he is like, he on, on say let's, let me set the parameters a little bit. Say that they're like, they take a 25% step forward. And now all of a sudden they're like in the thick of it type playoff team. Could Matisse Thibel start on that level of team? Cool. I, I think so. I, I think your your point about the difference between the regular season and the playoffs is, is very apt, Mike. And, and I think that I think you're you're right about that. And just I mean the the days of being able to just be like a defensive minded guy with kind of a very limited offensive package, even in the regular season, like that's becoming just more and more uncommon. I mean that's why I mean every center is trying to shoot three pointers now. Cause they're like, Hey, right. I'm trying not to get played off the court in the second half. So, you know, like, so for a guy at Matisse's position that that obviously, you know, it does hamstring you a bit, but I also feel like Matisse feels like he's still capable to maybe do a little bit more on that regard. And he shot it maybe, well here too. Like he, he, has, he has, and so he shot it well. I, I'd like to see how he, how he functioned as an offensive player in a different system other than the 76ers for an extended right. period of time. Um, but I would say too, Mike, that when, when you're as poor as the Blazers have been defensively, like you, at a certain point, I think you got to make some sacrifices in order to get better defensively. And one of those sacrifices I think might just be in like, Hey, yeah. Do, are we getting as much offensively as we might like out of that position in the starting lineup? Maybe not, but like we really got to figure this defensive right. thing out. Like we cannot continue to be this team year in and year out. And so if we have to kind of 
take away from our offense a little bit in order to put better players on the court defensively, we're willing to do that. And so uh, in that regard, I would say, yes, I think you Matisse could start on this team for a, for a good, for a 25% better than this year's plan. So like a Blazers team, maybe kind of on the fringe of being a home playoff team. Like I I, I say they're, they're in that five, six range in the West, right? Like, um, and also like, I know that everyone in the West is kind of mediocre this year, but if you're like the fifth best team in the Western Conference, you're good. Like, yeah, you're good. It's a good basketball team. It's it's hard. It's hard to get there. Um, uh, the Blazers were good for a long, for a long time. I want everyone to remember they uh, they just they've had some a couple down years, y'all. But every, you've been rocking with the, with the program, so you know. Um, I did see yeah. someone the other day mention that like you know they were they were complaining about how Portland season's gone, and you know, fair. Like it it hasn't gone as well as anyone would like. But but the takeaway was, yeah, I wish we were more like the Kings. Like, why why can't we be a team like the Kings? And I wanted to be like, dog, you realize the Kings are going to make the playoffs this year for the first time in like 17 seasons, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I I, I think I had this conversation with a with a listener on an email back and forth. I was like, you know, really frustrated with the Blazers season, and I'm um, you know, I'm 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 like, yeah, duh, <laughs> like that's totally fine. No, that, but I said fair, I said like, yeah. if you know. There is a difference. Like if, if the only thing that matters is like the Blazers playing in the finals, if that's the only way to have a good season, then like, yeah, dog, like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not selling you that, but I will sell you this. How far do you think talent wise, the Blazers are away right now from being the Sacramento Kings? I don't think it's that far. I don't think it's that no, far. I mean, and I, I like, I think Kevin Herter a healthy Anthony season away from being right there. You know, yeah. uh, like uh, it, that, that, injury and actually you can take it further back justice like yeah if justice doesn't get injured they have a secondary ball handler in that reserve lineup so things don't crater as soon as dame and ant go off the court are they as good as the kings are this year probably not probably but not right I, yeah i think they're still like in the general stratosphere uh, of that and to that point like i think they're one player away from being that team too so that was that was what I was basically saying was like yeah. if the Bla- say the Blazers don't hit the home run everyone wants them to hit this summer say they just they just smoke one off the wall they hit a solid double they're standing on second base with another player who's like a fringe all star um, that would be a great summer by the way um, doubles are valuable and um, yeah and so it's like you get another fringe all star type right you know they're not gonna be like the third best center in the league like Demonte Sabonis they're maybe not all NBA guy like like uh, De'Aaron Fox but just like on the whole I don't think the Blazers are like that far away from being that level of team I don't think they're that far away from being the level of team of like the Mavericks which means like everyone wants them to make this crazy big move and I do too like I'm selfishly are you kidding me <laughs> like, yeah like <laughs> obviously I mean, if you're gonna do it, like like yeah obviously I I do too but it's like even if they don't it'll be frustrating and we'll like I'll kill them on this podcast I'll be but they're bums all of them um because uh you know i get the freedom to to, to be outrageous I, I won't do that but i i will in my heart i will uh even if they don't like the chances that they jump from where they are which is incredibly disappointing to like in the thick of it is that is that is not very hard to jump from the thick of it to the next level is really hard but to get back in the thick of it i don't think they're that far away at least personally me, I, I completely agree, Mike. And, you know, I hope that, you know, obviously, you know, I work for the team. So, you know, I'm generally going to take a, a brighter side approach to it. And I, I don't shy away from that. But yeah, in my heart of hearts, like me being an honest person, like I, I really, I would agree, Mike. I don't think they're, you know, that there may be, there have been a ways from being like a full on contender, but right. like from being a, a very good playoff team in the West who win a series and maybe if things lock in just right, maybe a bit more than that. Like I, 
I think they're they're a guy away from that. They're a great Shane Sharp summer away from that. Like, you know, uh, I again, like if Shaden had played two years of college basketball and comes in this season as a number seven pick, like they might already be the Kings, you know, like if they had one more guy that was kind of ready to go, I, I, I don't yeah. think they're that far away. Yeah, they're, they're they need to be, get a little longer. They need a little more depth. And then they're like, you know, they have the hard part. They have one of the, you know, 10 best players in the NBA. That's the hard part. They got to, there are some, they got, they got a big challenge ahead of them to fill out the rest of it and not end up back in this sort of like where the, one of the five worst defenses in the league yet again. But I, I am as pessimistic as I naturally am. I am fairly confident that they've they get themselves back in the mix via whatever happens this summer like i i really am um which is maybe maybe my listeners who've been listening regularly to the show are like you don't believe that i do i really do i really do um i'm just an i'm a hater i'm i i, I come by it honestly uh casey i'll I'm let you get out of here i kept you a little longer than i wanted to but we're having fun uh listeners read casey at trailblazers.com listen to the briefcase subscribe where you ever get podcasts listen to the blazers balcony it's a ton of fun it's just it's a joy yeah check it out subscribe wherever you get podcasts as well to that go buy tickets to the blazers games they got they got what five more home games left go see them in person five more left yeah exactly easter sunday at moda center uh (laughs) no hold on casey can't say this go soon guys y'all if you're listening go soon go friday go friday or sunday don't i'm not go soon but buy tickets this weekend don't mess around because you didn't you're not paying all that money to see ryan archie diacono all right tell your friends about this podcast we'll come back on sunday we'll talk about two games the blazers play over the weekend they play the bulls and then they play okc the next time you hear my voice they will play two basketball games i will talk about it tell your friends to come back make it your first listen every day i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon